my parents were righteous and tried to raise me so and for a good 11 years i gave it a red hot go i sang hymns and read verses i hoped my faith would grow but though i tried the spirit died and something grew below i can remember my sexual awakening i was watching the rocky horror picture show and I don't know what it is about that Dr. Frankenfurter, but something about him just set my little prepubescent loins on fire. The good little Christian girl in my head said, But that's a man in a dress! But the burgeoning sexual deviant said, Mmm, now that's a man in a dress. And from that point on, nothing much interested me apart from the perverse, the lecherous, the taboo, and I started to lose focus in Sunday school. I started to find it all incredibly dull In fact it made me wanna put a bullet through my skull I'm so sorry Jesus, but you're just such a bore So I'll hang up my crucifix and just become a whore Sneaking boys out through the back door I was a master Deleting browser history I'll bet you I'm faster My parents soon became concerned And then they called the pastor He tried to get my demons out Oh, what a disaster <coughs> You think I'm joking <laughs> oh, I wish I was But I can vividly remember the day The father came round to our house And laid hands on me my head was spinning round 360 degrees while I was screaming, Your mother sucks cocks in hell! I was levitating, projectile vomiting, you know, all the common symptoms of a future slut. So my mother taught me to let the good Lord in But Pornhub said say thank you and to always wipe my chin So there's a conflict of interest, I wonder who win Well I masturbate so heaven's gate will never let me in Kicked out of home, nowhere to go, so moved into the city. I found a club not far from there and doled myself up pretty. I got on my knees, I had a crowd to please, and the job is nitty gritty. But it's quite a task to shake your ass and also shake your titties. But are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Who in the room has heard of kittens? And not the South Melbourne one, the one in Caulfield. Well, that was the first strip club I ever worked at and it was a dingy little shoebox of a place filled with blacklight. But that was great because when I was 18, I had long blue hair and it would glow. But do you know what else would glow? The tiny piece of toilet paper stuck to my coochie one night when I went in for a private dance. Mmm, sexy. <clears throat> so my mommy and daddy would roll over in their urns, I guess, to know I get up on that pole and I give the crowd a turn. And the rest of my family on their behalf were quite concerned. 
But they really needn't worry Because this is what I've learned Don't walk barefoot in the private rooms They're very sticky And balding men in track pants Always smell the worst, they're icky Slap them right across the face If they try to break a 50 And the bouncer who works on Wednesday nights Avoid him, he's quite shifty Seriously guys, I think he sells ice Hey baby, I'll give you some gear If you let me touch your pussy Oof. Yep, true story. But are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? So you can judge me for my sins. Of which there's plenty But I know if God was watching He'd be sure to throw some twenties Ain't that entertained Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Cause if you're not, there's no refunds Well hello all you lovely people Yes, everything you've heard is true. And if you could believe it, all of this was once available for the low, low price of just $20 per song. These days you can get it for a Snickers and a copy of Women's Weekly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's way too much. The economy's in shambles, guys. What can I say? So yes, I was a stripper. An exotic dancer, if you prefer. I think the writing was on the wall from a very young age. Growing up in the outer fringes of Melbourne, we had this giant two-story cubby house that had a fireman's pole to slide down. One day, my father came out, and at only four years old, I had hiked my knickers up between my butt cheeks like a G-string and was dancing around it like Tila Tequila. My dad stopped me immediately, of course, but it was too late. Something deep within me had already been unlocked. But let's start from the beginning. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. No, that's a little too far back. In 1956, God created my father, and then not too long after that, created my mum. They met at a Christian youth group and married at the tender age of 19. Like, that blows my fucking mind. I'm now 23, and I can't even commit to what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow. My parents abstained from sexual congress until they were wed, and beseeched my sister and I to do the same. But I'm more of a try-before-you-buy kind of girl. I mean, if you're going to be driving the same Hyundai hatchback for the next 50, 50 to 60 years, I need to know if it's got a big enough boot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> to carry all my baggage, obviously. But anyway, our parents beseeched us not to do a lot of things, actually. Anybody in the room raised by religious parents? Ah... Uh, so you understand. For those who didn't, lucky you. Here's maybe a better, more general question. Who among you grew into people that your parents might not be so proud of? I see you didn't raise your hand. Do you really think Mama and Papa would be proud of the show you're watching right now? Come on, please. What is the deal with religious parents, right? Religious parents will say you can't drink or have sex because it's risky. Yet every Sunday they force you to drink cask wine out of a cup that's had 50 different people's lips on it. And listen, I used to eavesdrop some of the fucked up shit that these nasty ass parishioners were saying in confessional, all right? So 
So that communion cup is more likely to give me hepatitis C than getting fingered at a party by some dude with an emo fringe. What is the deal with the church and alcohol? Like, the church already struggles with branding itself to be more appealing to the secular masses, and they've taken the one part that's kind of cool about it, booze, and made it the weirdest part. Like, the blood of Christ does not sound appetizing. It sounds thick and hot and gluggy and ugh. If they changed it to something like, I don't know, Bethlehem Saviour Deluxe Mountain Vine Flavor. Oof. More people would be coming to church. That is marketable. But I digress. My point is Christianity is full of contradictions. One of my favorite contradictions is the story of, you know that Jesus fellow, the one who's all peace and love and all of that? One time he flips his fucking lid at a tree because it wasn't growing any figs. Really? Mark eleven twelve through 25. Peace be with you, all of my children. Except if you're a fucking tree, I suppose. Despite all the batshit crazy stuff that was in there that doesn't really make any sense, my parents still saw the Bible as a very useful teaching tool. I mean, it would seem the Bible covers absolutely everything. But there is, however, one topic it seems particularly preoccupied with. My beautiful daughter, we love you a great deal. We wiped your ass, took you to class, and fed you healthy meals. We're both very hopeful that you'll grow in the right way, cause we put into practice what the Bible has to say. John fifteen twelve says that we should love each other as we love God. Like there are sisters and our brothers, Acts three ten says we should give to those less wealthy, give God praise. If we're happy and we're healthy, Job 5.2 Says if we envy, we will perish, so thank God And all our affects we will cherish, go to church And take communion every weekend And I know you don't want to break Romans 11 Cause then your faith will weaken But most importantly God hates premarital infidelity Cause as we all know in Hebrews 13.3 Let marriage be held in honour among all And let the marriage bed be undefiled, undefiled For God will set, judge the sexually immoral and adulterous So if, so if heaven's where you wish to go, we understand your plight. It's really very pertinent, you clamp those legs real tight. Most of the stuff in the Bible is pretty good, right? Like, don't kill, be nice, no one whose testicles are crushed shall enter the assembly of the Lord. What? That's not in, that can't be... Deuteronomy 23.1, fucking hell. Okay, well, apart from that one... It's all good, reasonable stuff, right? Can't, can't do this, can't do that, can't have fun. Oh, really? Now as you're getting older and a tad rebellious too, it's time we educate you on the things you cannot do. We've made you read the Bible, you should know it back in front, but there's a part for parents you haven't seen and it's really very blunt. Colossians 8 Says you must be home by dinner, clean your plate. As if you don't, then you're a sinner, Ruth 8 too. Says never argue, never bicker, Job 15. Says stay away from mommy's liquor, Esther 12. Says you should wipe off all that makeup, Amos 4. 
says that you and Josh should break up, it's quite clear. In terms of misbehaving teens, so there's probably something in there about low-rise jeans. But the most imperative thing, don't fuck until you've got that wedding ring. Thessalonians 4, preach the words of the king. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So if heaven takes my darling, don't make us have to beg. It'd be best for all involved if you just close your legs. Oh, that's really specific. Does it really say all that in there? I bet it also says to separate your papers and your plastic when you recycle too, right, Mum? <laughs> oh, it does? Okay. We knew parenting be tough, but God, please don't be cruel. You've blessed us with a daughter who just wants to bend the rules. But we're quite resilient, we can get to her, I know. Cause God forbid we raise a child that turns into a hoe. Ephesians 12 says you can't date till you're 30. James 1.3 says our anatomy is dirty. Titus 2 says oral sex is off the table. Yes, of course. Blowjobs fit within that label, it's not true. That doing anal is a loophole, it's still sex. Even if it's in your poopo, mark eight, nine. I can't even say that, that's vile. And don't get me started on BDSM, cause we'll be here for a while. And for the millionth time, premarital relations is a holy crime. It says it right here, Galatians 5.1.9. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these I warn you as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus fucking Christ, my dear, just do as we have said Cause you're only fit for the fiery pit without boy skin Cause your carnal sins blackened your soul with beals above skull Seriously, the Bible's got a serotonin's policies are closed Your fucking legs Whew. For someone who discourages sex, God sure does seem to talk about it an awful lot you're the creator of all existence, but you care so much about how many dicks have been in my mouth. Like, aren't you busy? Haven't you got more important shit to do, like the bushfires and coronavirus and making Jennifer Aniston not age? But aside from all the sex stuff, it wasn't all bad, even if some of it might have been twisted to my parents' agenda. Like, I think... God says no smoking bath salts was probably a pretty reasonable rule, even though I'm almost certain that bath salts did not exist way back in 30 AD. Although, maybe it did. I don't know, you'd have to be pretty fucking high to crucify the Son of God and then claim to see him walking around three days later. That's, that's a fucking trip, bruh. Despite the seemingly arbitrary rules and religious intensity, Sex was not necessarily a taboo subject in our house. Nothing was off the table when it came to learning. My parents believed that curiosity should be rewarded with knowledge. And oh boy, was I curious. I wanted to know everything. And although they begrudgingly relinquished all this juicy new knowledge to me, it was always reiterated by the irrefutable fact that you weren't allowed to do it until God said so. 
and that he was always watching. Kind of perverted, don't you think? And I hate constant. I hate having that thought in the back of my mind. And I never think about the fact that God's always watching me when I'm watering my plants or helping a little old lady across the street or just general good person things. It literally only pops into my head when I'm snorting a line of ketamine off a dirty toilet seat in revs or something thinking, oh, hey, God, didn't see you there. Oh, this, this is, this is, this is me snoring ketamine off a, off a dirty toilet seat at revs. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. Enjoy the show, I guess. <sighs> yep, always watching. But even at a young age, I couldn't understand why God was so concerned with other people's comings and, well, comings. In my mind, what two consenting lesbian midget dominatrixes do in the privacy of their own dungeon is no one's business. Except, of course, if they film it and put it online. (laughs) Then it's my business. I'll be all over that shit faster than you can say autoerotic asphyxiation. Let's say it all together now. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Very good. Ah, yes. The internet. If there is a place in this universe that is not being watched by the Lord's omnipotent eye, it would have to be the World Wide Web. And I consider myself somewhat of a connoisseur of its cruder corners. It may even be the cornerstone of my corruption. But let's not jump to conclusions. Yes, I know that sordid side of cyberspace better than the back of my hand, as I've been perusing its pages since prepubescence. We got the internet on our family computer when I was 11, and bear in mind, this is before the proliferation of parental locks and firewalls. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination like this thing in Japan called Shibari Bondage Domination. Take my hand, these sites are banned in over 27 different nations and here's why feast your eyes upon human body mutilation. If you want to see hermaphrodites, simply look around and view it. That's the beauty of technology. Click, there's nothing to it. Enter here if you want to see live group ejaculation. And I'll bet you're not, it's all brand new to you. We got that, this, scat and piss, and a million more things you won't want to miss. Just open up your browser and look inside the World Wide Web's abyss. Hands up here who's seen the classic, the critically acclaimed, Two Girls, One Cup. Oh yes, it was a breakout of the genre. Well, I was in year seven during the era of shock websites and I was friends with all the older boys at school. And they had a fun little game they liked to play called Let's Scar a Child for Life. 
Look right here, there's some quiz down to bang in your general location and come quick. See this chick getting fucked by seven Dalmatians. See this girl put an amphibian in a place you'll never guess it. We don't care if you're traumatized, you can just go and repress it. This slew of screw contributes to your deep desensitization and I'll bet you'll not fall Forget you'll be scarred for life. We got spit, whores, dicks with sores. We got cats with nipple piercings and so much more. There's a big long list of sights to see. Look what we've got in store. Shall we list them alphabetically, guys? Goatsy, lemon party. One man, one horse. Talk to me, Eva. Tell me all about it. We abandon all morality. We know you would too, just do it. If you wanna see a guy from ISIS soaring off an infidel's head with only a pocket knife. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. What did I just say? Back, 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 back. Come with me and you'll see lots of human rights violations. What you've seen cannot be cleaned from inside your mind. Cause it's foul, lewd, big and nude with a million other things you wish you never viewed. Just open up your browser and look inside the world wide web's abyss. <sighs> There's a few more I couldn't fit in the song. Do you want to hear them? All right. Blue Waffle, Eel Soup, Goatsy Girl, Lol Party, Meat Spin, Milk Fountain, One Man, One Jar, One Priest, One Nun, Pain, Olympics, Tub Girl, and Two Kids, One Sandbox. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hands up if you've seen, mm, let's say, three or more of those websites. Ah, good. You're just as fucked up as me. But unfortunately, if, by law, if you've seen three more of those sites, mm, you're not allowed to work with children. Hey, it's not my rule. You can look it up if you want. On the topic of children, have you ever noticed that strange double standard? Adults tell off children for shoving crayons and sticks in their noses, but when a woman shoves a miscellaneous item up her... Oh, well done. Bravo, bravo. Make that shit go viral. Who here has seen some shit? Any, anybody want to share with the class something that jumps out at them? You over there, what have you seen? Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Have you seen the one where there's a tiny little Japanese girl tied up, getting tied up and shot with a BB gun? No? Well, it's, it's okay. It's okay. She was enjoying herself. Wait, was she? Oh, fuck. Maybe she wasn't. So I can't handle Japanese porn because of that reason. I just don't know whether they're enjoying themselves or not. It's time to play everyone's favourite obscure game show. What's that Japanese moan? Alright kitties, are you ready to play? Alright, let's listen out for the first moan now. Hmm, interesting. Really listen to the... Alrighty, hands up if you think she was in pain. Right, and hands up if you think she was having a good time. Alrighty, the results are in. And the answer is... 
I don't know. Yep. Uh, one of the mysteries of the universe. We will never know. I don't even think God knows the answer to that one. Anyway, so sure, let's all blame the internet for how we've all turned out. Because that's much easier than confronting the unnerving possibility that there might be something deeply, intrinsically wrong with me. I mean, surely there must be, right? If I keep looking at that shit. But it's like, it's like an endurance test. I have to push myself to the limit, see how much I can take. Some people push themselves by running marathons and others do it by forcing themselves to watch a man pull an entire life-size plastic baby doll out of his asshole like he was giving birth. Yeah, that one, that one stayed with me. If only it was like a marathon and all I needed to do was drink some Gatorade and have a soak in some Epsom salts and it would all go away. But no, seems like years of therapy is the only treatment. I mean, you get to the point where nothing phases you anymore. Like, cool, these guys are playing mini golf with these girls' gaped buttholes. Fine and normal. To be fair, I highly recommend watching it. It is amazing. The girls are like really happy and proud and I mean I don't blame them I think I would be too that's fucking talent right there anyway in spite of all that intense fucked up shit influencing me I actually progressed sexually at more or less the average pace and when I was 16 I lost my virginity We were watching 30 Rock <clears throat> And my best mate's house This isn't my range, people. Really should have changed the sheets on the fold-out couch You were fine at the time Had no one to compare you to But you made me feel Yeah, you made me feel Not that much different, actually. Was I meant to feel different? I was a virgin Fucked for the very first time I was a virgin At my friend's house We couldn't fuck up mine Because my family was really strict and home all the time I won't do the whole song. You get the idea. I'm not going to torture you. But uh, how about this one? Baby, sex really hurts without lube. Sex really hurts without lube. And it's breaking my hymen, but what can I do, baby? I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just kidding. I broke my hymen with a clicky pen when I was 11. My first time was surely very similar to all of yours. With a boy named Jack who worked at KFC and had a rat's tail. Hmm. I know my family was worried I would give it away the first time someone was insolent enough to ask, but Miss Taylor is not one to be coerced and I knew exactly when I was ready. In fact, I propositioned him. <sighs> I believe that's what you call feminism. This is how the conversation went down. Do you want to have sex? Don't you want, like, roses and candles and stuff for your first time? Mm, no, I like you. Okay, turn over. 
And we started when the ad break began and we finished before it did. I mean, like one of those really long ad breaks for Sham Wow or whatever, but still. It didn't feel special or romantic, but neither did it feel wrong or shameful. I couldn't see why God was making such a fuss. I liked it, but I knew it could be better than that. So I started testing it out with everybody. And I do mean everybody. You there. What's the name of your first cousin on your mother's side? Simon. Yep, fucked him. Yep. And you over there. The name of your best friend's dad? Peter. Yep, no, fucked them too. Yep. I'd had a little taste and there was no turning back. It was a downward spiral. I was a runaway train. Sex led to parties and parties led to drinking and drinking led to drugs and drugs led to newer, weirder sex. It was also horribly decadent. But unfortunately for me, lips tend to flap in small towns. I tried so hard to be behaved well, but you see my sensuality always gets the best of me. My mom and dad have prayed that I weren't so damned depraved. They ask that I be saved, that my sinfulness be waved to my pussy. I'm enslaved. I, I, I wish that it wasn't such a shock that I enjoy a bit of cock. And occasionally vagina. She's a skank. Wait, no, I don't think that's fair. She's a skank. I just have love to share. She's a skank. God still loves me, I swear. She's a skank. Alright, you don't have to stare. She's a skank. And everybody knows me. What? Do, no, they don't, do they? And so what if I just like to run amok, I just can't help it I just simply love to fuck, I'm far from innocent And you'd be remiss to think that I have not been shagged On a public toilet sink or in an alleyway Or the field across the way, or the back of a cafe Oh my god, it's so cliche I, I, I know but it's just a bit of fun I'm not hurting anyone Unless they ask me to It's really not a big deal I just like how sex feels I can't see the appeal Of keeping my pussy sealed Cause all I think about is dick, it's too early to tell But I am surely going to burn in hell So I, I might as well enjoy it Okay, I think I get it I know I won't forget it 
Okay, you've made your point. I'm sure I won't disappoint. I'm a skank. And you can all go fuck yourselves. Go fuck yourself. Well then, it was decided. If they told me I was a skank, I'd be the skankiest fucking skank that ever skanked. I made a silent vow to always be the one at the party that was the loudest, the drunkest, the most naked. I wanted to shock. I wanted every action to be a giant fuck you to every person that ever put me in that little box of shame. If they said that that's all I would be, fine. But I would be the best at it. And I was. Fastest hand jobs in the East and most bruised knees also in the East. The 902 bus didn't take me very far. But it wasn't long before it got out of hand. I was getting in trouble at school, an all-girls Presbyterian school, I might add, pushing away my friends and scaring the shit out of my family. It's true what they say. You can have too much of a good thing. Every day I was falling further and further from God's light. My hedonistic tendencies and selfish habits were hurting those around me. And eventually they put their foot down and then took that same foot and used it to kick me to the curb. And... Rightfully, spo- rightfully so, I guess. I was a menace to the point of being practically demonic. But soon I started to feel very isolated. I was starting to believe that there truly must be something wrong with me and that God had turned his back on me. I hadn't really met anyone else that acted like me or enjoyed what I enjoyed. No one else liked me until one fateful night on King Street. One night in the city, I felt quite low. I was an outcast, had nowhere to go. But that's when I saw it, a flashing heavenly sign. Girls drink free Wednesday, I opened the doors to find. No sneers, no looks, no holy men with their books. I can't believe there exists such a place. How lucky the turn was I took. Why, mister, what is this place? Why, miss, this is the gentleman's lounge. But <laughs> I'm a lady. No matter. Oh, folks are welcome here. Now, why don't you pull up a seat and have a beer? Gee, thanks, mister. Don't mention it, kid. The smoke all around me, poles towering high, wads of cash bundled in goddess round thighs. For once in my lifetime, I found a glimmer of shame. These people around me were one and the same. The men, the girls, the titties dripping with pearls. I feel at home in this magical place. I think I'll give it a whirl. Mister, can just anybody work here? Well, not anybody, but hell, you look like you've got potential. Really? How soon can I start? How about tomorrow? Gee whiz, you got it, mister. The stage, the lights, the drunkards getting in fights. I wonder how many heads I can turn. You bet I'm dressed to excite. The thrill, the rush. No, no boys look but don't touch. I wanna learn all I can in this trade. I almost enjoy it too much. Is it like this? <laughs> Not quite. Oh, 
getting it now? I think you are, kid. I feel wanted, I am content And not to mention, it helps pay my rent I feel so glamorous, like Cheryl Marilyn Monroe Though I'll admit you think you're the shit when you do this much blow Despite the drugs, the bouncers acting like thugs And even the dudes at the back of the room who are openly having a tug I'm here to stay, no one can take me away I fell in love with this glorious place and I don't care what you, she don't care what you I don't care what you say And that was that. So that was that. At the fresh, bouncy age of 18, I ran away and joined the Church of the Pole, where men sat in their red velvet pews and prayed to the sweaty goddesses on their altars while the traditional hymns played overhead. The spirits in their glasses made them speak in tongues. Money's gonna take me, gonna take you, I'm fuck Sorry? What, I didn't, I didn't catch what you said? What did you say? Before I was a depraved slut, garnering sideways glances from passers-by, wives would clutch their husbands and shield their toddler's eyes. But now I was a depraved slut, loved and worshipped by all. Here I was a deity. Praised for actions I was always admonished for. Accepted, adored, I was in heaven. And we were haughty goddesses who demanded numerous offerings from our congregation. Attention, alcohol, not having, hey slut, shouted at us from across the bar. But most importantly, money. not singing Money by Barrett Strong. What do I look like, a hack? Come on, give me a little more credit. But look apart from the money and, well, and the late nights and the, well, the, the heels and the, the costumes, I suppose. But apart from all those things, stripping is like any other job. You have to suck off your boss, suck up to your boss, pardon. <laughs> you have to be on time and you have to put up with bad customers. The difference is you're actually allowed to slap them across the face if they step out of line in fact, they might even pay extra for the privilege of being graced by my divine hand. People are into that kind of weird shit, don't you know? And that's not even the half of it. For instance, the easiest 150 bucks I've ever made in my whole life was when this one gentleman just wanted me to come and take off my manky, sweaty, stinky stripper heels that I'd been wearing for, you know, six months straight, eight hours a night for six months, so that he could sniff them. Didn't even want me to take my clothes off. And then he just left. Ah, <sighs> my best customer. 
I wonder whatever happened to him. Perhaps he's working at a bowling alley for sufferers of athlete's foot because of the smell. Never mind. There was another individual who would come in and pay me to give me a massage. He just used to be a masseuse and for some reason wasn't allowed to practice anymore. Something about a class action lawsuit. I can't remember. He didn't really talk about it. And that's the interesting thing about it, really. Everyone is so different. Everyone has their kink. Being a stripper is like being an actor. You have to figure out what the client wants and then inhabit that essence. We can pay whatever you like for a prize. I'm all the woman you need, and baby, you know it. You can make this hussy a queen, a counselor, or a poet. You'll give me all that you own. I've got you standing in line, out in the cold. Pay me some mind. Bend me, shape me. It's all right, blonde, brunette, bespectacled and buxom. I've got the power to be what you like. Oh, fuck. Oh. It's not like riding a bike, guys. It's been too long. Okay, give me a Okay, while I compose myself, would you like to hear a little anthology of the types of customers we receive at our establishments? A plethora of patrons, a compendium of clientele, a resume of regulars. All right, well then, let's see. There's the uh, the 18-year-old boy who's been dragged here on his birthday by his mates, and he has literally never seen a boob in real life before. So for him, you need to be caring and gentle and... Well, I don't know, maybe let him have a squeeze. It doesn't feel right not to let him have a little wah wah. Then there's the Bucks party. They're easy. They just want a wild party slot to do shots with. Oh my god, tequila! You should have! No, you really shouldn't have. <laughs> Ooh, then there's my favourite, the rich narcissistic bigot who sincerely believes he can sweep me away from all of this because I'm Probably a desperate drug addict with a child to feed, right? And by no means here by choice. And he can protect me and provide for me. Well, I'm torn with those ones. Do I educate him about the harmful stereotypes he just spewed? Or do I milk it and take him for all he's worth? Oh, yes, I'm so desperate. That'll be $400 plus tip. And then there's the couple... Now, the girlfriend thinks she's all cool with this because she wants to be a progressive girlfriend who goes to the strip club with her man like no big deal. But inside, she's searing with insecurity and jealousy. And I mean, fair enough. And the boy can sense this, but he he just wants to enjoy his time at the strip club, but he also doesn't want to be in the doghouse later. So how do we tackle this one? Well, this one's actually very simple. Pardon, excuse me. Pardon, sorry. Sorry. Just focus all your attention on the girlfriend while still touching the guy and then say something dumb like, 
Did you know that a couple's dance is like having a threesome, but without the commitment? And I know you've been having some lesbian proclivities lately, haven't you? I can see it in your dirty face, you naughty girl. And then she'll giggle nervously. Can you giggle nervously? (laughs) And then I say to the boyfriend, oh, she laughed. That means it's true. Let's go. And then you're in. Because you only need the girlfriend to say yes. What, a guy's going to say no to a lap dance with his girlfriend? (laughs) And everybody wins. The girl gets to feel like she's experimenting in a safe, no-strings-attached way. The guy gets to watch all of this, rub up on all of that. And I get double the money for the same amount of time. (laughs) Shh, that's a trade secret I just told you. Don't tell anyone I told you the stripper police might come and revoke my licence. People come in for all sorts of reasons, but a common, common one was that they were lonely. They just wanted someone to stroke their hair and listen to their bad day and tell them that they're handsome and tell them that everything's going to be all right. And honestly, a trip to a strip club is probably cheaper than a trip to the psychologist these days. Do you think your unhealthy attachment to material possessions stems from the neglect you experienced from your mother, thus making it difficult for you to form intimate bonds with women and that your wife leaving you was the result of her feeling that she wasn't connecting with you due to these attachments? No, that's just my opinion. I'd say probably 80% of the time I was being a counsellor. In fact, a lot of the girls I worked with were actually studying psychology at uni. Uh, In fact, one girl I knew even used her experience in the industry as the basis for her master's thesis. The effect of transactional affection on the male ego by, by, by candy stripes. Yes, a lot of the girls I worked with were at uni. Like that rich narcissistic bigot, there's still this widely spread idea that Uh, that everyone that works at a strip club is drug-addled with three kids and a C-section scar. And don't get me wrong, they still exist. But mostly the girls you meet are just regular, tracky-wearing, McDonald's-eating, self-conscious chicks like everybody else. People also have this misguided view that strip clubs are these catty, competitive environments. And look, there is a tiny bit of that. But for the most part, there is this weird kind of sisterly bond Except I don't think I could ever ask my real sister, Hey, does this look like an ingrown hair or genital wart to you? I'd just like to go on record and say I do not have genital warts. Understood? Okay, good. You just become so comfortable with these women, you know? It's kind of hard not to when you're constantly seeing each other naked and cutting off each other's tampon strings. And we were naked all the fucking time. Because, of course, the main part of the job is the dancing. So about every hour and a half, depending on how many girls are rostered on, we have to get up on the pole and dance for about 15 minutes. And if you miss your slot, then you have to pay a fine. This is so there's always someone up on the pole when you walk in. Makes the place look like it's pumping. But we don't have the luxury of picking our own music. Oh, no, 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 no. There's a DJ. Now, the stripper gods have blessed you if when it's your turn to get up on stage, Pony by Genuine plays. Ah, yes, we all know that's the sexiest song of all time. But one evening, I was not so lucky. It was the week that the late, great Sir David Bowie had been set up to meet our maker, and the DJ thought it would be a lovely tribute to his memory to play his entire discography. All of it. 
Thank you, that was Cinnamon. She'll be walking around the floor and be available for a private dance. Next up, we have the beautiful Taylor. That whole song goes for 11 and a half minutes. Needless to say, I did not make many tips that night. But you do your best. You dance anyway. You dance despite the terrible music or how tired you are or how sore your knees are. Oh, and the bruises. Pole dancing gives you bruises everywhere. And I do mean everywhere. I've had bruises on parts of my body that I didn't even know existed, like here, and here, and somehow in this weird spot right here. So if you have a friend who is constantly covered with bruises, and when you ask her where she got them, she says, uh, I fell down the stairs. Don't be so quick to call the domestic abuse hotline. She might just be a stripper and doesn't feel comfortable telling you yet. When I was still keeping it a secret from my family, they would see my bruises and say, do you need to tell us something? <laughs> yes, but it's not what you think it is. I was worried I would come home to find an intervention waiting for me one day. I did tell them eventually. Did you think I'd be doing this show if I hadn't? Although that would be quite a funny way to tell them. And I have always had a flair for the dramatic. Coming out to your family that you're a stripper is hard. Coming out to your religious family that you're a stripper is even harder. Yeah, I don't have a punchline for that. <laughs> it was rough. But over time, they learned to deal with it. Some are even a little curious. I even took one of my aunties to the strip club for the first time in her entire life, only a few weeks ago. I was so proud of her. Can we get a round of applause for her? And if my family can accept me, maybe God can, do, can too. Deep down in my heart, I think that if there is a God, that I might still be good in his books and maybe even get into heaven. At the very least, I've given him a good show. But sometimes I do wonder about the destination of my immortal soul and what the alternative might be like. For all my transgressions, I'll surely pay a price. I won't go to heaven, cause I've indulged in every vice. But was it all worth it to be a sinner to my core? Well, it doesn't really matter, cause goddammit, I want more. To trade my soul for sex and gold, I don't see the worry. I'm in my prime, I've still got time, I'm not leaving in a hurry. So mom and dad, please don't be mad, I can't give God the glory. Cause I'm on a trip and I think I'll skip the stop at purgatory. But were you not entertained? Were you not entertained? 
entertained? Were you not entertained? Were you not entertained? I don't know about you, but when my family would tell me about what heaven was going to be like when I was younger, didn't it sound kind of shit? Like what? All my family's going to be there. We can't fucking stand each other. And what's this deal with animals not going to heaven? I can't see my childhood pet. Well, fuck that, because I know for a fact that Lucifer is a dog person. (laughs) Come here, Cerberus. Good boy, Cerberus. When I finally perish and take my life's last breath and all my many consorts will be saddened by my death. But way down in Hades, I'll have reached a point of fame. And at Hell's Gate, they'll celebrate and party in my name. We'll snort cocaine with Saddam Hussein, our father demons hide. We'll torture souls with chains and poles until we're satisfied. I'll show them all my sordid skills, they're quite a point of pride. I'll get my kicks on the river sticks and I'll be Satan's bride. Now that's going to be an awkward reception. <laughs> Introducing him to my family. Hey, mom and dad, this is my husband, the king of the damned. <laughs> and they thought my dating choices in high school were bad. But were you not entertained? Were you not entertained? Were you not entertained? Were you not entertained? So you can judge me for my sins in droves and scores. But until that date when I meet my fate, God bless me, I'm a whore. We're not entertained. We're not entertained. Were you not entertained? Were you not entertained? Because if you were, you should leave me a review on Yelp or something.